Welcome to another week of Ross Perry Destroys Comedy. I'm your host, Ross Perry Destroys Comedy. And this week, joining us to celebrate the new holiday... To celebrate the new holiday that I have now designated the week before 4th of July is our good American friend, Mikey Hop Hopkins. From Big Vibes. Ah, there you go. Hop, 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 hop. Here I am. Here I am. Now, since the last time you were on... Ross, did you say something about a new holiday? I designated the new new holiday. holiday. Uh, So, 4th of July is coming up for you guys. I can't wait. I can't wait to set off all those firecrackers. So, I thought... Since this show is so darn un- unconventional, we celebrate a week before 4th of July. I love it. Let's do it. I'm, 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 I'm going to pop off like a firecracker. Exactly. Do that. Do that. Do that. It'll be good. All right. All right. I get a little hop, 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 and then I do a little pop, 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 pop. I think that'd be good. And we'll be celebrating America's... Uh, dependence. So July 4th is about celebrating America's independence from England. But, uh-huh. but I think we're going to celebrate, we're going to celebrate the dependence. All right. And what, what all are we dependent on? Alcohol. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Ethanol. Uh, ethanol. Cough syrup. Netflix and chill. Some people just want to fuck all the time, and they have to. Fucking? Just, yes. Sure. Fucking, just all the dependence. All the dependence. Mm-hmm. Might as well throw a sucking in there while we're at it. Well, you know, some, I, I don't really fuck without sucking something. So to me, they're synonymous. But for some people, sometimes you suck without fucking. Sometimes you fuck but- without sucking. Not you, though, because you're a man of integrity, and that's why I'm coming back on your show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Our sure. friend from uh, our friend podcast, Big Pesci Island Vibes. It's a friend's friend, friend podcast. It's a, uh, we're friend podcasts. Is that fair to say? It's, it's nice to have a friend podcast. It is fair to say. And I, uh, it, the feeling is mutual, too. Oh, Thank you so much. Uh, some people have brother podcasts. Some people have sister podcasts. But, you know, we're not related in any way, but we are friends. And sometimes... Do you think we could... 
Do you think we could graduate to brother podcasts? Maybe if we got adopted by the same father or mother podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but who would that be, right? Scott Ackerman, we're hanging out for you. Scotty, he would be a good podcast daddy. And that's someone who would we would be depended on. So that's who we're also celebrating on the week before 4th of July. Brother, Daddy Scott's, Daddy Scott Ackerman. Daddy Scott, please invite us to the Earwolf Network. Uh, we we uh, won't let you down. We won't let you down. We will let everyone else around you down. That's right. But we won't let you down like Seth Rogen did with his Earwolf podcast. What a stinker. Seth Rogen's podcast, what was it, about 420 Yeah, I think he just got stoned and uh, made pottery, because that's what he's into now. He likes doing pottery. Anything with the word pot in the title. (laughs) That's right. Pottery. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't that much of a stretch to get to pottery with him, because he's like, let's see, uh, what do I like? Uh, Pot? Um, Pottery. (laughs) Or however he does his laugh. I don't think (laughs) it's quite like that. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like a smart. Hold on, is Rogan on the podcast right now? Hey, Seth? hey, hey, guys! Hey, hey guys! Hi, guys! How we doing? How we doing, guys? It's me, Seth. Hold on, you trying to pull one over on me? Are you gonna pull? Hey, man. What's on? I mean, what an honor. You know, Seth, I'm here. when are we going to get a uh, get a sequel to that uh fuck, I don't uh, the, what what was it the the interview or whatever, the one with Korea? You know what, me and Evan, me and Evan Goldberg, uh, my writing partner right now, we're actually nutting out some ideas for a sequel to the interview. But this but time, I mean, we, it's, but, the, it's the next logical step because it was such a hit. Except we're not going to kill the North Korean dictator in this one. In this one, we have I have to kill James Franco, but he doesn't. But we're just going to film me trying to kill James Franco and call it the interview too. That's one idea we're going with. That sounds good. I hope you succeed. Because from what I hear, that guy is a real piece of shit just between you and me. Oh, yeah. People won't stop tweeting at me like, hey, man, you got to stop making movies with James Franco. And I'm like, I haven't made a movie with James Franco in so long. Not since The Disaster Artist, right? Not since then. Not since I was in, what, five minutes of The Disaster Artist? (laughs) Right. You know, I'm here now now on this podcast, but I really should go. I mean, this is a, a week before a week before Fourth of July uh holiday. And I'm Canadian. I celebrate I celebrate Canada Day. That's right. I forgot you were Canadian and I, I understand uh you're probably busy uh doing a lot of producing with the boys and uh all those other nerdy uh comic book shows that you do. You have a boys is actually about how Nazism is bad. 
Really? Huh. Well, I, I thought I thought it was about how Nazism was good. Maybe I'll have to check it out. All right, bye. All right, take care, Seth. Okay, bye, Seth. You know, I've never gotten Seth Rogen on the podcast before, and it's interesting how he, he just dropped in. in. He just dropped into the Zoom meeting. That was a Zoom bomb. That's amazing. Apparently, if you say Seth Rogen's name once, he pops in. <laughs> just hey, guys, how we doing? Face. Hey, guys, how we doing? Oh, Seth. Seth, no, no, no. Wait. Sorry, that was a mistake. We're, oh, it's we're the actually... Same. It's the same guys from before. You know, I only pop in and someone says my name once. Right. We apologize. It's it's very uh, easy mistake to make, but we're actually done speaking to you. There's no other questions we have. All right. You sure? I I can't honestly can't think of another one. Uh, all I can think about is uh, your association with James Franco, and it's a little distracting. So if you would be so kind. Okay. Well, like I said, I haven't worked with him for a very long time now. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. Okay, bye. All right, take care. Well, there he was again. Ross, we got to stop saying his name. I mean, because he's a huge star, sure, but he's a little annoying, if you ask me. I mean, who else shows up when their name is said once anywhere? This guy must have nothing to do. It's insane. I mean, there's got to at least be a minimum of three times. Right, you know, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Sure. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, Babs, how's it going? (laughs) Yeah, well, look, I walked into that one. Hey, I'm the ghost with the most, babe. (laughs) Yep, Beetlejuice, you're a funny funny guy, Beetlejuice. You know who else is a funny guy? Sam Rogen. (laughs) Hey, guys, how we doing? Like, what the? Beetlejuice? Wait, <laughs> they sound too similar. Now I'm getting confused. You know, I never noticed this before, but Seth Rogen and Beetlejuice pretty much have the same voice. Maybe Seth could be Beetlejuice in the reboot. And that's an idea. I mean, Michael or Beetlejuice Jr. And then you have Michael Keaton who's still alive, and he could be Be- Beetlejuice Sr. And he's teaching Son of Super- Beetlejuice. Yes, and he's teaching uh, uh, Seth Rogen Beetlejuice the ways of being Beetlejuice. What are, what are some of the things that you think that Papa Beetlejuice might teach his son? Like, what, what, what goes into being Beetlejuice? How to, like, really scare some squares. Gotta scare some squares. <laughs> Gotta scare some squares, man. You, you gotta be uh, horned up. Because Beetlejuice was a notoriously horny character. Okay, right. Uh, you gotta, you gotta drink some slime. Do Beetlejuice drink slime? I, I don't think he ever drinks slime. I think it's implied, though. Okay, so that was because it was the eighties, and you couldn't talk about that sort of stuff. But now, you can show all the Beetlejuice drinking slime you want. Well, sure, there were hours of him drinking slime that ended up on the cutting room floor. And uh, that's, that's in the Burton cut, of course. Hashtag release the Burton cut. Of <laughs> Please, yes. 
It's all four hours. It's, it's four hours. It's it's black and white. Beetlejuice at one point says we live in a society. <laughs> Beetlejuice does have some Joker vibes, a little bit. He does, but does he have the ultimate Joker vibe? Going on a talk show to shoot Robert De Niro in the fucking face. That I'd like to see. I think Michael Keaton could pull it off. I'm talking about the trigger of the gun. You could pull that off. You pull the trigger it. off. Yes, exactly. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's how I describe it. When someone shoots a gun, they're pulling off the trigger. Pull off. They pull off and they just blast a load of bullet, bullets. Sure. And what a better way to celebrate the week before 4th of July than talking about America's favorite pastime, gun violence. Sure. Oh, I thought you were talking about pulling off. But yeah, pulling off triggers. That's another one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we do a lot of that in America. Uh, sometimes I, uh, I'll, I'll go to the grocery store and I'll... Uh, I'll I'll be armed to the nines in that I'll have two nine millimeters just in case. Well, the only person who could stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with two guns. That's right. <laughs> that's true. Yep. And then that's that therein lies the problem because uh the only thing that can stop a good guy with two guns is a bad guy with four guns. And so on and so forth. And an AR-15 is pretty much the equivalent of four guns or more. Yes, you're right about that. Yes, it is a uh, brutal killing machine. Um, I can't really think of any practical applications for it other than, uh, I don't know. You know when in an action movie, they'll, they'll shoot a circle in the floor so they can fall through it. I guess if you need to get to the floor below you really quickly, you're going to need an AR-15. Well, you need an AR-15, because what if the government... (laughs) What if you need to uprise against the government and the government tries to get your guns? Well, in that case, you're going to need at least two AR-15s. So you ain't going to get my... You ain't going to get my AR-15, Sleepy Joe. That's right. They call, yeah, Sleepy, from, they call him Sleepy Joe, but have you ever seen him sleep? Me personally, I have not actually. So I, uh, yeah, that is interesting. I hadn't considered that. Does he sleep? That's up for debate. Is it ironic that he's Sleepy Joe? Because every time I see him, he's always awake. He's wide awake, yeah. Yep. He, he may be uh, a little... Uh, out of it, but he is uh, definitively awake every time you see him. Hmm. Have you ever seen any president sleep? Only once. And it was Ronnie oh. Reagan. Ronnie Reagan. You've seen him sleep? It was probably in a film, right? No, this was here when he was president. This was just after. Just after the Berlin Wall came down. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I did it. I did it, Nancy. I finally did it. 
So he went to the president's master bedroom, mm-hmm. got all tucked out, and he went to sleep. So, well, I'm sorry. Did you see footage of this, or were you, did you? I was. I, I saw. I saw this firsthand. Oh wow, that's amazing. It was weird huh. because I don't think the Berlin Wall came down during his presidency, right? It was ninety one that happened. No, you're right. Exactly. I don't believe so. Um, this was during Ronnie, Ronnie Reagan's um, uh, Alzheimer's years. So I think while George H.W. Bush was president, Ronnie mm-hmm. Reagan came into the president's master bedroom and, and went to sleep. And that's why I saw it and why I remember it, because I remember Bush Sr. was like, what are you doing in here? This is... What are you doing? What are you doing in here, Ronald? This is me and Barbara's bed. Wow, that was an uncanny impression. But so, I'm sorry, you must have been what four years old, two. I was, I was minus two. Okay, you weren't even born yet. That's amazing, huh? Well. I'm not going to ask for any uh, any more any any clarification. Yeah, no. What else no, is I'm be- good? What else is bad to know? I don't know. I don't think there's anything to know about that. I mean, it's I I just kind of take it at face value. In that episode of Different Strokes, when Nancy Reagan visits the school and says, "Just say no to drugs," then afterwards Gary Coleman goes up to hug her. There's a cut of that where he goes up to hug her and secretly whispers, thank you, Mommy Nancy, for sneaking crack into the black community. Oh, wow. That's interesting. What? So Gary Coleman was for, for that then? I don't know if Gary Coleman was actually for it or that was something they wrote. Uh-huh. I think they oh, wrote it. okay. It was part of the script. Okay. It was part of the script, but they, they, were, they even... When I looked back on it, they were like, even they were like, okay, we're making, we're making Gary sell out way too much. Yeah, I mean, let's just pull back a bit. Let's cut out the part about sneaking and crack and how that's a good thing. Maybe so it's kind of like a thank you, sir. May I have another? Only it was like, thank you, ma'am. Can the black community have more crack? Pretty much. They'll consider replacing it with thank you for ignoring homosexuals and the AIDS epidemic. Oh yeah, they were they were really good at that. And that, that version is actually still playing in some syndicates, some syndications. Yeah, I uh I actually saw that episode recently on uh bootleg.tv slash different strokes. Uh, forward slash free 100%. And what did you think of it? What version was was it? I thought it was bad. I thought it was, I didn't like it at all. Okay. I don't like that show. Do you know why? You don't even like the show. Okay, why then? Why not? No, because I don't like shows with laugh tracks. Okay? 
Ah, yes. Do go on. Um, I think that it uh, takes it takes me out of the show. I like realism. Like, uh, for example, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, you'll find that there's no laugh track in that movie at all. And it makes it realistic. It doesn't take me out of the movie. You know, a little, a, a, a big guy can turn into a little tiny, teeny guy and his girlfriend sure she can shrink down into a little a uh, little bitty uh lady and she can you know fly around and blast lasers out of her wrists and uh the whole time you're seeing this you don't hear a single person laugh and that's what makes it real that's what uh roots it in reality in my opinion that's just me Right. It's like The Office. Exactly. It's like it's The so Office. Real, hyper-realistic. It's very realistic. I mean, Ricky Gervais says um, the awkward thing, and, and no mm-hmm. one laughs. No one laughs. That's right. There's zero laughter, and that's what makes it realistic. Because I don't know about you, but in my day-to-day life, it is uh, completely devoid of laughter. Uh Everyone that I encounter is deadly serious. Uh, there's nothing to laugh about. There's nothing to really joke about. I mean, yes, definitely. I see where you're coming from, and take that with Ricky Gervais's latest special, where he says an awkward thing, and then you hear laughter. And that's not realistic at all. Absolutely not. But the idea that somebody would laugh at Ricky Gervais just saying things on a stage. Not realistic. Completely so, yeah. took me out of the special. So uh, yeah, I see. I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. I see what you mean. Just so phony. I mean, I, I'm more into uh, practical effects, <laughs> and you just look at that Ricky Gervais special, and you can just tell that the audience is completely computer generated. So it's just, oh yeah, just some guy on a computer just made all that you know and it takes me out of the special and then i can't laugh you know back in the day comedy specials they would like either hand craft the audience or they'll use like puppets that's right latex latex um you had that uh tom savini was heavily involved in some of those early comedy special uh comedy uh network specials yeah, uh, Greg Nicotero did a lot of really good work making the audience seem really realistic in some of those specials. But then, yeah, now you just have these nerds pushing up their glasses going, zero, zero, one, zero. And suddenly you have these really crappy looking audiences in these comedy specials. And, you know, those, that audience laugh there, that's all just Frank Wilker. I, I'm sorry, who's that? So Frank Welker, he's a guy who often does animals in, in cartoons. Oh, but for I his, see. Like, well, for his comedy specials, he like provides the laughter. So is it? Well, is that trying to say that there's nothing more animalistic than a live comedy audience? I I think so. You know, what might be interesting is uh, uh, between you and me. I mean, we both know that stand-up comedy is on the way out. 
but um maybe if we started to perform in front of groups of wild animals that could be like the next stage of evolution for comedy just an idea maybe half maybe half human audience then half like savage lions or whatever or hyenas or okay hyenas I, i was thinking it's like i was thinking that maybe what would get the audience on side with you quickly is seating them next to a savage lion that may or may not eat them. There's a tension throughout the show and I give the release through my jokes, but, and they can look at me and know I'm not going to devour them at all. So you've got nothing to fear with me. So automatically I'm like, they're on my side. So you're saying that compared to a lion, you're like extremely funny because I'm extremely the lion's like the opposite of funny. And it, it could be potentially dangerous. It could potentially savagely devour their skin. And like, I, I can't do that. I haven't got the teeth for it. I haven't got the stomach for human flesh. As much as you may want to, you just aren't fitted to uh, devour a human being. Trust me, I've had some audiences where I ended up wanting to savagely devour them. But I, I couldn't. I find that that's a good way to control your stage fright is to picture the audience uh slow roasted and marinated in like teriyaki sauce but sometimes it's hard to get the jokes out because i'm drooling so much because they look so delicious i see what you mean exactly it's um i'm getting kind of hungry i am a bit too they say you got to picture the audience naked, but like, what if I find them attractive? Then I got a boner the whole time, and then that's awkward. I'm performing on stage with a boner. That could be funny, right? I mean, it could. It depends on the audience. It could be funny. It could be wildly uncomfortable, but not in the way you want it. Sure, could be downright uh, criminal. Uh. I don't think it's necessarily... Especially if it, if it peeks out of your trousers. Yeah, if you're accidentally not wearing underwear and, and your jeans are unzipped. Sure, as, as mine often are. But no, imagining, well, them as, imagining them as food. That's something. And then if you're drooling, someone goes, yuck, why are you drooling? You can say, it's fine. It's fine, I'm imagining you as food. Right, and then that gets a laugh because what an absurd thought. I mean, uh, 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 an audience that, uh, made of food? <laughs> it's so crazy. Although, have you, ever thought of the, have you ever thought of that we actually are made of food? That's a good point. We can, I, be, I we think... can be eaten if we want to. Eaten. I think more things are made of food than we give them credit for. You know, dogs, cats. That's it. What about what about uh, echidnas? You got to be a kidden to me. Oh, I am not. A yeah, I am. I am yeah. not. A, I am not a kidney. You, you're not. Oh, 
Yeah, okay. the, you know the Sydney Olympics that we had, the Olympics we had over in, here in Australia, in Sydney. You guys have your own Olympics? Yes, yeah, so it was for one year only, the year 2000, Sydney Olympics. One of the mascots for it was an echidna. And the whole time I was looking at that little cartoon echidna, and I was like seven at the time, I was like, something about this echidna, this cartoon echidna that makes me want to eat it. Are you, are, are you saying that, have, have you eaten an echidna? Because you could potentially be patient zero for the coronavirus. <laughs> I only ate one echidna one time. It was off at a wet market. Sure. But you didn't eat the whole thing. No, I, I didn't. I threw the barn away. Okay, yeah. Then you're probably, you're probably not patient zero then. You got to eat the whole thing. I mean, that's, I assume, it's based on nothing, but I assume that you have to eat the whole bones and all in order to contract the virus. I'm just taking swigs of coffee in between, in between. Now, coffee, in that's something. In between? Yeah, I mean, coffee can be eaten. Yeah, that's true. You ever have those uh, chocolate-covered espresso beans? No, I, 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 uh, I've eaten coffee crayons. I've never eaten the espresso beans. Coffee crayons, I don't know. What are you, what are you talking about? What the hell is that? Co coffee crayons? Coffee crayons? That's not a thing. Grounds. Coffee grounds. Oh, I'm sorry. Your your accent uh, kind of threw me for a loop for a second. That is that's good. Um, it's okay because I go to cafes and I would say coffee grounds, please, and they can't even understand me. They think I'm saying coffee crayons. So I've had and this then they discussion. Give you coffee crayons. Yeah, they just dip. They just dip crayons into some pots of coffee. They're like, well, right. This doesn't exist. I guess we gotta find a way to make it exist. Do the crayons melt in the coffee? I mean, it's so hot. It often does. I think they actually leave the crayon in there for a few minutes to let it kind of melt. But by the time it gets to me, it doesn't all the way melt, so I can still see it. So it's just kind of hardened wax floating atop your uh, lukewarm coffee. Yes, and I just look at it and say, I wanted the coffee grounds, grounds. It's and then there's a... Yep. So do, you know what, uh, they, do you know what they grow coffee out of? The ground. Ah, and that's where it comes from. Yeah, uh, you can cut that out. I'm I'm really sorry. <laughs> what have we learnt this uh this week before Fourth of July Day? Um, you mean during this episode? Because I don't think I really learned much during the episode. Um, hmm. I learned that you might be patient zero for coronavirus. I mean that's something. I never I didn't eat that, the, I didn't eat the bones though. I think you gotta eat the bones. That's right. You gotta make a broth with the bones and you gotta drink that after the fact. Mm -hmm. 
Love a good broth. Hmm. Sorry, Big Pesci Island vibes. Is that still going? Yeah. Um, I guess so. Uh, yeah. I just recorded an episode with Dylan uh, the other evening. And uh, it's really, really good. I think this is going to be the one that finally uh, pushes us up into the uh, upper echelon of podcasts. I mean, I think I think this is a really groundbreaking episode. Um, we talked about what did we talk about? I think we talked about like coffee crayons. No, that was this show. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember, but I think it's going to be really good. Well, thank you for joining me today on the special Ross Purdy Destroys Comedy week before 4th of July special. Uh, last time you were on was back in January, and the world was being struck with the Futurama variant of COVID. And it, it, it got to the recording so the last few minutes of that episode were lost because it got struck down by the Futurama variant. That's right. And this episode is kind of like us being picked up for a new season of Futurama. On Hulu. So we're on that on Hulu. Hulu. We, got, we got that Hulu life support going on right now. I just hope, I just pray that the Futurama variant doesn't just strike down again in the, in the middle of our conversation. That would be, that would be terrible. That would be truly unfortunate because, uh, I mean, as much as I like uh, Bender and uh, Fry and uh, Lilo and uh, Hermie and uh, Professor, I, it would just really suck if this episode were to be cut short just because of the Futurama variant. But dear Lord, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, how, how are we both feeling? We're both feeling fine. I'm feeling okay. I mean, uh, I've, I've got to go to work, but uh, I still have some time before that happens. Uh, we're making good time here. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm, I'm ready to power through. Because I, I've got, I still have things that I need to say. Great. I felt like I had four great seasons in me and then sort of come back for free, not so good ones, only to come back for an eighth one that soon that no one necessarily wants, but since everything's coming back these days. Sure. With a, and with a couple of... Uh ill-conceived feature-length films in between some of the seasons as well. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I guess you can say the Futurama variant can uh, (laughs) eh, bite my... Bite my... uh, Bite my... uh, Don't say it! Don't say it! Bite my... Bite my grits. Oh. False alarm. My apologies. You know, good for uh, good for that Joe DiMaggio. You know, he said, uh, "I'm not doing more Futurama unless you give me more money." And then they said, 
Uh, no, we're not going to do that. And then he said, okay, well, I am going to come back anyway. I got nothing else so good there. For him. Yeah. What else is he going to do? I mean, there's not a lot of uh, voice work for white guys that like doing a black voice, which he is notorious for. Well, don't all the white voice actors love doing black voices? Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure they're really upset that that's just not in the cards anymore. But they're going to have to get over it. You got, you got your Phil Lamar. You got your Kevin Michael Richardson. Those are white guys doing black voices, right? I uh, No, I think you're mistaken, Ross. In what way? I think they're black men. Come on, black men doing actual black voices? Come on. Hey, believe it or not. So it's true. Yes. Well, geez. You can just bite my shiny metal no! Because that's what Bender says. Are we still going? Wow. That's great. Oh. Okay then. I don't know what the I don't know what all the worrying was about then. Good news, everyone. No. Oh, did I say a bad thing? Because that's what the you professor the, says. You did the bad thing. Saying a thing. That was the bad thing. It, that you said. I was trying to think of another catchphrase from Futurama and nothing's coming to mind. That's just Frey Stooges. Come That's on, Futurama. Just, yeah, Zoidberg is a stooge. I think stooge. We got... Uh, and Zed Brannigan. Yeah, does he, you'd think he'd have a catchphrase, but nothing really... Is that a catchphrase? What? I'm Zap Brannigan? Is that a catchphrase? No, I don't think he ever said that. <laughs> he never said the words, I'm Zach Brannigan? Mm, no.